Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. MLS Cup playoffs roll on the conference semifinals in the books, and there are only four teams remaining in the East. It is going to be a hell is real derby between FC Cincinnati and the Columbus crew. And in the West, the Houston Dynamo will face LAFC next weekend. Uh, This is going to be very, very exciting. It's going to be a fun final three games in the MLS season. But... Some of these uh, conference semifinal matchups were not without controversy. And so it is a perfect time to bring in our good friend, Christina Uncle. Good morning, Christina. How are you? Good morning, everyone. All right. So let's let's start in the the Eastern Conference. And we're going to start with that Cincinnati Philadelphia conference semifinal. Uh, the, The stoppage time goal from Mascara was the game winner. It looked like there was some calls for it to be offside. It was not ruled offside. And I think there was a little bit of confusion, especially for people who might not be familiar with the rules in MLS and how VAR works as to why this wasn't looked at closer. Can you kind of explain what is in place here and the process that was used to determine that this was, in fact, a good goal? Of course. You got to take a look at the initial service coming in. That's where the kick point is taken to determine whether someone is in an offside position. I believe it was Murphy. Uh, Whether or not he was in an offside position at the time the ball is distributed in. The on-field decision was no offside, good goal, let it stand. Then the VAR checked to see whether or not there's any kind of conclusive, conclusive evidence to show that he, in fact, is in an offside position. Now, this decision is very, very, very tight, whether he's on or whether he's off. Uh, lots of speculation happened there on Twitter, people creating their own diagrams. But at this point, if you were to hit the kick point back just one or two frames per second back, actually, you would then see that he was actually probably right on top. And it's Carranza specifically who we're looking at to whether or not he kept him on. So if there was one or two frames per second back, and this is a good point, um, right here, 
this frame per second on the still shot in the distribution is actually one or two a little bit ahead. And that's how tight it is, where if you go one or two frames per second forward, it shows that he's offside. If you went one or two frames per second back, it creates doubt as to whether or not he was actually in front of Carranza. It's very tight. The toe is essentially the only thing at play here. And if we were effectively talking about, and this would be actually one more frame per second, and that's how tight it could be. The question is essentially, do we know where the toe is of uh, Carranza in this thing? And this is the difference between Major League Soccer versus other leagues in this game is in the fact that toes don't keep people offside. So therefore, because the VAR is not conclusive where Carranza's actual toe is, the decision to not send this down is actually the correct decision. Christina, I knew just from doing MLS Instant Replay for a number of years that these angles are play tricks with, with your mind. But when I'm looking at this play, it, I know it doesn't help that the, the commentators are also calling uh, for this to be offside or, or that they believe it, it is offside. But I'm hearing that there's another angle that VAR had access to that the broadcast didn't. Can you, can you help people understand if there are angles that the broadcast may not get that the VAR room uh, has access to? Yeah, Charlie, and that's, that's good to clarify that because I have heard that as well too. And trust me, I've gotten access to all the angles that the VAR had as well. And there's no angle that the broadcasting booth does not have access to. You hit it on the head, though. The one that we're all taking a look on is actually a little bit further to the left. So to be exactly point on with the assistant referee cam was, you're actually looking straight down that path here because we're at least about six to seven, you know, essentially potentially yards to the left. It can be deceptive. And when we're talking about inches, that's enough to say whether it's a goal or it's an apple. But the broadcast does have every single angle that the VAR has as well. Christina, um, let me ask a question regarding the lines. I know a lot of fans were asking for the lines. Uh, MLS does not have access to the line technology that you see in the VAR, let's say, in the Premier League, which has caused a lot of controversy. Uh, if that doesn't exist, what is the protocol by which the VAR decides whether or not to send the ref to the, to the um, screen on the pitch? Is it just an eye test? Is it just all these angles? What exactly is that protocol? So the implementation of having lines for this, as you kind of mentioned, that is a league requirement and or decision in order whether or not they want to invest in that type of technology. As you mentioned, uh, you know, that's what I think makes uh, not everyone as angry in Major League Soccer because you don't have offsides that are offside due to toes. But here, when you are the VAR and you're in that booth, you're taking a look. Essentially, it is essentially an eye test. There are no lines that you're dropping in. You're not taking a piece of paper and caddy cornering it onto the screen. You're really taking a look and taking a look at every single available camera angle, which should here would be your high 18 right, which would essentially be the one that's telling you whether or not you actually have that conclusive evidence. And as you can see, that's probably that is the reason why that was not recommended down, because it doesn't pass 100 percent with clarity that you can do a complete still shot and say, yes, we know, in fact, where Carranza's toe is. And, and because of that, you can't take away a goal if you don't know. I like it. <laughs> I do. I, I like I, it. I, I imagine had the AR called the offside, there probably was no conclusive evidence to call it the other way either, to validate the goal, I would imagine. Right, Christina? Yeah, no, that's 100% correct. Right. Either decision that would have it would have been a check complete from the VAR perspective. But that's a good, good reminder as to why these are super tight. The on-field decision exists, right. and the football world prefers goals. Christina, uh, let's move it on uh, to talk about that handball in the Sporting Kansas City-Houston uh, game, or lack of a handball on, on the goal line. I remember that we, we have spoken so many times, right, about 
deliberate handballs, that that trumps, we've used that vocabulary before in, in, in these back and forths with you, that deliberate handballs have trumped the natural silhouette, right, that, that, that a player creates when making his body larger or not. How come that doesn't break the threshold of, of, of a deliberate handball on the line, or is this another inconclusive evidence that it did clearly and obviously hit his arm? No, unfortunately, this is one we're going to want back. This one is going to fall in the sense that the VAR should have recommended a penalty and a red card for denying an obvious goal scoring by the hand. Here, one of the biggest things is, and there's going to be debate about this, I think, from the football community, is was his arm in a natural position when it made an impact onto his left arm? It's very clear it did hit his left arm. However, what essentially <sighs> on the FIFA current interpretations is saying, right, because the argument's going to be, was it natural, was it not natural, et cetera. But the biggest focus for us, and this is where I know that the VAR really focused on, was it natural, was it not natural, and determined it was, in fact, natural. However, the FIFA interpretations have us take a look at also impact when we're applying these. And this is a very good reminder of the 2002 FIFA World Cup qualifier in Germany versus USA, the Burhalter one, where if there mm. is an arm that is preventing the ball from going into the back of the net, the football world wants that called. So unfortunately, the decision was not to send it down because the focus on was the fact that it was natural. Uh, arm was tight. It was the left side of the body. It hit on the upper uh, portion of the arm. But the reality is FIFA's expectation and preferred answer is it's for it to be recommended down for a penalty and for a red card. I think for me that it was guilty because his arm was not close to his body. Guilty and he get moved the, trial. the arm too to get close to his body in order to block the ball. Mm -hmm. It also felt as if the ball, his thing. arm was going towards the ball. Even, I think, Christina hits it on the head. A, a, a hand that prevents the ball from going to the back of the net. That's like the most anti-soccer example you could, you could possibly give. A guy standing on the goal line, that's not the goalkeeper. The ball hits his arm. If had his arm not been there, it's going into the back of the net. That is done for me. Like, like yeah. I understand what she's saying. I completely yeah. agree. Sporting Kansas City fans feeling hard done by this morning for sure. Uh, Christina, Uncle, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Great insight as always. Thank you. And I do appreciate that Nico's wearing uh, that T-shirt while we're talking about handling a festival. So thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Well played. Uh, yeah. Just went to VAR and Christina Uncle scores a point. <laughs> <laughs> she does, she does. <laughs> Thanks, Christina. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, can you imagine though? I mean, you saw the frustration of Sporting Kansas City when that mm. call was was not made, and I mean that that's. That's the equalizer. That's the that's the game changer right there. Down and a man. A down and, exactly, oof. exactly. Um, Especially the fact that we've talked about VAR seemingly every week. Yeah. Right, and we still have questions. We still have uh, you know questions. How does this work? How does it not work? Can, does broadcast have access to this angle? Do they not? I mean, it's it's just common sense in that to, in that in that scenario. His arm is away, and he brings it in. You could say, oh, he's trying to just mm -hmm. keep it within the silhouette. But it's intentional to block the ball. Outside of that non-call, mm -hmm. were Houston the better team? Did they deserve to yes, move on? Yes, Houston were the better team. Yes. But we all know but that's that, change, that, that, cha that changes the game drastically. And sure. we could probably make a, an assumption that the game would turn mm -hmm. in, in the favor of Sporting Kansas City because those are how games work. It ebbs and flows and, and moments can can galvanize a squad and for, for Sporting Kansas City, we're on the back foot most of this game. Um, although, 
they had a number of chances they did. to equalize. Absolutely. I mean, how many times did they have a chance, you know, that they squandered the shot or the, the shot was at, at, at the keeper? Uh, I mean, Sporting Kansas City, you give them a goal and a man up, you know, what, who's to say that they don't get, go through, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel for them in, in, in that instance because you never want to go out on a playoff series no. knowing that there's a massive call that they miss, and then all of a sudden there's a, the, an issued apology from from the ref saying, you know, yeah, we got this one wrong. Oops, Oops my <laughs> bad. The one you got wrong would have been a goal. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so frustrating. Yeah, yeah that one's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, let's let's chat a little bit. I want to hit on the Columbus Crew, um, who put. A stellar performance together against um, Orlando City at Orlando, which is a mm. very, very difficult place to, to play in, a very hostile environment. Um, and just, I'm so impressed. I'm really impressed. Watching watching what they were able to do at the at the end of the game. Christian Ramirez coming in literally is one of his first touches of the game, and he, he finds this. a way. That's yeah. what he does. Great uh, movement inside the box to score that goal. And this is just... Um, I'm, I'm very excited about the Columbus crew. A hundred percent. I think very deservedly so, but Orlando reacted very well to Schlegel's red card. They, they lost the center back and they had to play a man down for the rest of the game and then the extra time. And they created enough arguments to get the equalizer. Yeah. They were, they were. They did. They were so good, a man down. The response from the team, it Almost maybe they played even better on man down. It was crazy. And they had clear opportunities. And I want to throw out one standout performer before we go, and that's Maxime Crepeau. Oh, my God. without him, LAFC are going home. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But Denny Buangas gets a goal, but Crepeau stood on his head mm-hmm. to prevent, prevent Seattle from winning at home. So look at the road teams winning. Yeah, and, and this, I know. Which is not easy to do. No. It is not. Especially not in Seattle. A one game mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. Seattle and Orlando, two tough places to go. It's going to be. There's a lot of momentum all of a sudden. Also, Schulte for Columbus, the young keeper for yes. them, had a great he did. match as well. MLS playoffs. We're giving up. With I one know. game, they were on fire. Let's so let's go. go. Let's Single go. game let's elimination. Go. Single so game. Fun. All fired up. Yes. <laughs> the seventh month playoffs. I was eating my popcorn <laughs> watching this. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to chat some more results around Europe when we return. Don't go anywhere. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Looking at some weekend results across Europe. We start in Ligue 1 and uh, PSG 5-2 over Monaco. Uh, Lens get the 3-0 win over Clermont Foot. Strasbourg and Marseille and in a 1-1 draw. Nice 1-0 over Toulouse and Brest 3-1 against Montpellier. Oui, oui. Let's, nice. uh, thank you. Merci. Merci beaucoup. Let's chat PSG, um, who have, uh, they seem to have, have found their form, um, and they put up five goals Ooh, against Monaco. My goodness. Dembele. Uh, first goal of the season for him. Just that first touch, and this is another player who has shown world-class ability, just not consistent enough. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Dude, he's finding his form, though. And to me, Usman Dembele was the man of the match. Um, I got a chance to watch this at a bar uh, with no one else caring about this game. <laughs> so it was kind of fun. It was, uh, and I was like, yo, we're all rooting for the red team. And no one, everyone was like, why do they stink? And I was like, no, they're actually, they're playing pretty well. They're just, what are you going to do when you got Mbappe and Usman Dembele on those wings? There was no cover for them. They were completely bossing this match. And you, and you have Kolomwani, who yep. comes in and, and scores a great goal. Vitinha get, gets on the score sheet. I just think this PSG side is coming together. That's, that's how it feels. And, and it, I, we, I, I think we all knew it was going to take some time. Did we all have confidence Luis Enrique would know. be able to no, do it? Because I would, I we, say, were, I we were say. all like, this is a mess he's walking into. No. And it seems to like, it's all settled down. Yeah, but we knew it was going to take time for a new manager yeah. to come into this squad, no matter who it was. And Luis Enrique, he had a game plan without Messi, without Neymar. House was cleaned. House yeah. was cleaned. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. house is clear. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love Mondays. Well, they have uh, they, guys. They, they have one one loss in their last eight matches. That one loss was against AC Milan in in Champions League, a two one loss, and they have a midweek game in Champions League against Newcastle. I just it feels like at home. This feels it. It just feels like they are sort of kind of clicking at exactly the right time, and it has all come together under Luis Enrique. Um, I mean, how for Newcastle, if you're seeing them put up five goals. I know Newcastle just scored four over the weekend, mm-hmm. but a PSG side that just put up five goals. It's going to be a final. Can't make it feel great. It, no, it's going to be a final. And, and, and you know that this PSG team is vulnerable, and mm-hmm. you beat them before. You've smashed that, them before. That's why, yeah. that's why the, this group has lived up to all the expectation. And, and that's why it's going to be great, because PSG, I can see PSG beating Newcastle, and Newcastle, despite all of their injuries still find a way to keep their identity, which is crazy. They tore Chelsea apart the other day. Um, Obviously with a little bit of help from specific mistakes from Chelsea, but when they smelled that blood in the water, they pounced and and it was over. So that's why a PSG Newcastle game should be very exciting. This is a very different PSG though than the one that went to St. James Park. For for sure. Very different. But... Newcastle has... Yeah, I'm not saying Newcastle's... Look, I would say Monaco was in second place, if I'm not mistaken, now drops to third right as they... uh, After this loss, they played an insanely high line. They were all guns blazing. It felt like defensively, they were like, don't worry about it, we'll just outscore PSG, which is not what you want to do against PSG. I even text you, I'm like, bro, this press is electric. They were going after PSG players. PSG level, even though they were only two spots above them in the table, leaps and bounds above mm. Monaco. Newcastle, way better than Monaco, way more disciplined but than I Monaco. Agree. They're but at a different on. points in the season. This is. This and they is, have to go to Parc des Princes. Yeah, no, this is going to be, I have a feeling it's going to be a rough, rough night for, for Newcastle. Mm. Mm. We'll see. All right, let's move it along to uh, the Bundesliga. Let's check out the weekend results in Germany. Bayern Munich. 1-0 over Köln Leverkusen. Good guess. <laughs> Take one guess. Take a wild guess who scored for Bayern Munich. Um, oh, Harry Kane. Harry Kane. It was right. Harry Kane. Uh, Bayern Leverkusen 3-0 over Werder Bremen. Both of those teams, Bayern Munich and Leverkusen, remain unbeaten on the season. Also, guys, look, Union Berlin did not lose. Wow. Whoa! Yeah. Coach Bob. Confetti <laughs> drop from the ceiling? What I, happens now? Stuttgart won, who won, and guess who didn't score? <gasps> Hirasi. Hirasi started on the bench, by the way. Dennis Undav. He, who's been on fire. Yeah, yeah it's their backup striker, and he's been really good, which is pretty impressive. I'm all on the Stuttgart train. 
going to be my, my Bundesliga team. Um, okay, but let's let's chat about uh, Harry Kane and Bayern Munich. He has 18 goals. 18 goals in 12 games in the Bundesliga. So that's already more than the top goal scorers from last season. <gasps> which is in Kunku and Fuglic for... Leipzig and Werder Bremen, respectively. And people are looking at this like, oh, that's a really difficult goal. But he's putting himself in those positions. He, it's, he's a complete striker because, yes, he's scoring goals, but he's also a facilitator. Yeah, oh, God. He's got five assists. I hated admitting that when, uh, when he had the golden ball and the golden uh, boot in um, for Spurs. He's also a good passer. It's so annoying. Look at these stats. This, this is wild. 12, 18 goals in 12 appearances. It's just. Hey, it's, it's good to see your boy Kevin Keegan on there. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Also, Jaden Sancho on there twice. <laughs> just goes to show how good he was before he got to United. But Harry Kane's having an incredible season. I wonder if he's on pace to beat uh, Lewandowski's, Lewandowski's yeah. record. The 41 One, goals 41. in a Bundesliga season. I mean, if he's up there getting Gerd Müller or Lewandowski numbers in his very first season, he's well on track to do so. It would be wildly impressive. I mean, he has track. the setup to do so. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So, Leverkusen, I believe, are sitting on top of the Still table. Still first. Right and, now. and haven't lost have the game not lost. all season. Yeah, both Bayern and Leverkusen, they are, they are unbeaten on the, on the season. I mean, it, is this, uh, are they legitimate contenders at this point? Is it too early to say that this is sustainable for them? I feel like they're the real deal. Leverkusen? Yeah. But they're the real deal. They're very complete. I yeah. see a complete team and I see depth. Piero Incapié got a run in at the, at the weekend and he provided an assist. They, they have a decent, not a whole amount of depth, depth, not like Bayern, but a decent amount where someone swaps out, you plug them in. Yes. And they understand what they're supposed to be doing, player per player, role per role. They have a strong identity. The, ma the manager knows what he's doing. Yeah. Everybody is going in the same direction, which is mm -hmm. great to see. I, yeah. I love how they have so many different weapons. Oh, yeah. <sighs> you know, whether it's Frungpong or Grimaldo bombing down, keeping with. And, you, and then Jonas Hoffman comes in, you have Florian Wirtz, and then obviously Victor Boniface up top, uh, Granit Xhaka being able to, to yeah. so much play between fun. the lines. Watch their triple, their one, two, three Set pieces, counterattack, keeping possession. Whatever the game asks, I think Xabi Alonso has really programmed this team to, to respond, and they're just playing phenomenal football. Xabi yeah. Alonso goes to Real Madrid, does he bring Boniface with him? 100%. You think so? Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Calm down over there. Yeah. <laughs> last, last Nigerian to play for Real Madrid. Hmm? Last Nigerian to play for Real Madrid. Like Essien. Ooh. Look it up. I'm trying to have to go back. You said Nigerian? Off, last Nigerian to play for Real Madrid. Information that I don't have at the top of my head. Oh, excuse me. Then who's the last Nigerian to play for Real Madrid? Don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. Um, we've got plenty more to come on Morning Footy when we return after a quick timeout. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, Destination Miami kicks off tomorrow. Join Kate, the guys, and special guests when Champions League Match Day 5 coverage begins live from Miami tomorrow at 1 p.m. It's streaming on Paramount Plus. Our very own Charlie Davies hey. is literally hey. headed to Miami right after the show. How did you get the call up when we didn't? <laughs> I'd like to go to Miami. I need a little sun before my wedding. And I'd like, like that tan. for you as well. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to be doing? Tell us. We'll, we'll be talking about um, soccer, Champions <laughs> League <laughs> matches, <laughs> yeah. the U.S. men's national team players playing on Champions League mm-hmm. squads. Um, we're talking to our guy, Guillaume Balaguer, who Ooh. is the next uh, guest on, on Kicking It. Hey, he did promise to get you a shirt. He got me a shirt. Ooh. Oh. I got a Guillaume Balaguer shirt. Are you wearing it in Miami? No, that'd be too much. I can't, oh, I can't go. That's a perfect Miami. I can't Miami. go Guillaume on Guillaume. Oh, double yeah. Guillaume? We'd be like this. Oh my Spider-Man. God. We'd be the Spider-Man meme. Like. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Exactly. <laughs> How did you not get the call for this, I, I, Mr. I, Miami? Yeah, but I got to hold on the fort doing Golazo show. Oh, that's right. Bro, yeah. you're from oh, Miami. I'm coming back for the Golazo show. Yeah. You're from Miami. I'm Cuban. You want Golazo some before show. your wedding. I, I, I got, I'm like, I'm like, what I don't want to go. You couldn't leave Freddie hanging. You bring the I kid think. from New Hampshire? The kid's from Miami? I'm Cubano. I'm Dominican. Have fun, Chuck. Really Thank happy you. Yeah. for you. I'll bring, you. I'll bring the sun back. I know you will. You always bring do. You're a, you're a ray of sunshine <laughs> I, as it is. I, I need okay. a tan. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, you see how they did me and Josh, oh, Josh doing me like oh, Josh gave you the uh, the Casper, Dominican yeah. gave you the Sammy Sosa. Yeah, he gave me the Sammy Sosa. <laughs> Damn. All right. Looking like Peppa Pig. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's chat some Champions League, shall we? We're going to start in uh, the group of death. Group F. Let's take a look at the standings as they are right now. Borussia Dortmund actually sitting on top, followed by PSG, AC Milan, and Newcastle at the bottom. Uh, a big match between Milan and Dortmund. First of all, based on we're approaching match day five, and Dortmund hadn't looked that convincing. They score four goals over the weekend against Mönchengladbach, um, and suddenly they're sitting on top of the standings in the group of death. For you, Charlie, how surprised are you that they're in this position? I'm very surprised because mm-hmm. they haven't. There's not real conviction with this Dortmund side. Yet here they are, just battling in Champions League, getting the results they need. And uh, you know, here you see Milan just with an easy tap in. But I haven't been, you know, impressed with the way that they attack. Mm-hmm. They haven't. They haven't been in any game for me yeah. overpowering their opponents at all. And to say that they're sitting at the top of this group, crazy. It's crazy. I, I didn't even see them being top two, no. let alone top of the group. And- it's not even that. They're, they're, I don't know if they're too convincing winning. They went down 2-0. It's like almost erratic. Okay, they go down 2-0, and then they go up 3-2. It's, I, there are only a handful of games from Dortmund this season that you can point out. It's like, wow, that was a great convincing win. They were by far the better team. How do you expect from Dortmund, right, throughout the Bundesliga? Yeah. I mean, they got back-to-back wins at Newcastle, and I think, like we were talking about... James's party. Right, we were talking about the converging moments um, in... In when, when they meet each other in this group of death, right? PSG's on the up, and well, at the beginning, PSG was on the down, 
Newcastle's on the up, but now it's switched around in Dortmund for some reason. As of late, I don't. To me, they haven't been convincing, but they get the results. Whereas which is Milan crazy. is not getting the results, right? But also, if for Dortmund, who are the game changers on this team? Who? Who could Marco Royce? No. Yeah, or I mean, who? Sabitzer. Sabitz, they brought him off at halftime for for Gio Reyna. Yeah, full Krug. Full Krug. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a breakfast cereal. Julian Brandt is their <laughs> is their best player this season, without a shadow of a doubt. But I feel like he needs. Is he a help, game changer? He, he can't put his team on his back. I don't see him. No, he for an not, entire season. Mm. He had in moments. Every other team yeah. in this group has game changers. We could sit here and point. I mean, we're talking about AC Milan. We've seen Christian Pulisic be be Leal. influential. Leal, obviously, uh, Giroud still doing it at the top. Teo level. Hernandez. I mean, these are incredible players. Dortmund, I don't even, I couldn't tell point. you how they've done this. Really I certainly, I don't know how they're going to be able to keep this up, especially with PSG switching gears. They're now mm-hmm. in fifth gear. They're rolling. Rolling. Um, on Milan's side, they hadn't scored a goal in Champions League. They get oh. the 2-1 win over over PSG. They get a 1-0 win over Fiorentina over over the weekend. Do you feel like they're entering match day five here with, with any sort of Momentum. How do you feel about so, this matchup? Obviously, still no Leal. I imagine Giroud won't be healthy for for this game. So there will have to rely on other offensive threats. Not only Pulisic, not only Chukwueze. Teo Hernandez is an offensive threat. Luka Jovic again. It's. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to rely on a 15-year-old to come into the match. Um, so I, I, I have my questions. But if they if they want to get out of the group. They need to put up a strong performance at home. Um, and they hadn't been scoring in the group stage. They, they, they finally got a big win at home in, in the last fixture against PSG. So they have to replicate that against a team that got two pretty big wins against uh, Newcastle. Yeah, And at home, you have to win. You have no, to so win. Come on, have off to this win. cheek, Rinders. They've got some players that can step in. It's crazy, yeah. though. I think when... When Champions League first started, we were looking at Group F, this this group of death. I think we all said that AC Milan were our favorites to win. The and group. did we say Newcastle number two? I think. I, know, I think I did. you did. I did. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> uh, we, I think we all know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, PS, now? PSG. Um, but PSG at the time, I mean, we had we were yeah, like, oh, they don't. Too many unknowns. Uh, yeah, exactly. And now it's just it's it's quite but remarkable. If, look at this. If Newcastle beats. Uh, if, if Newcastle beats PSG, they're on seven, and then Milan wins, the table becomes eight, seven, seven, six. Like, anybody can win, anybody can be eliminated. Yes. Like, I don't think that's the beauty of this group of death, and mm-hmm. this is why it has played out so fabulously through five match days that it, it, all of our predictions and all the stuff that we said can still happen. It's, it's a whisker away of happening. It yeah. better it's happen awesome. that way after, after this round. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun. It's fun. Chuck's going to be chatting about it all the way in Miami. Good for you. (laughs) Enjoy. I hope it rains every day. All right. We're going to take another break. Nico, are you ready? We're um, going to let you cook next segment. Yeah. We're going to chat some some River Plate. South South American. (laughs) (laughs) This is where Nico really shines, guys. second division in Argentina for the first time in nearly a decade. They've left it late and they know they need a win. Well, that's a fantastic ball over the top. Kick save made. Biggest chance of the match thus far. They'll have this free kick. Oh, it's curled in. 
Kevin Zenon with a monumental goal for Union. Goalkeeper got a hand to it, and they've done it. A stunner by the slenderest of margins. Union secured safety, and the King said they are brilliant. Erupts in Santa Fe. The Argentine First Division, the totals table is uh, finally over. This is the league plus the League Cup. All the points put together. We are talking about the relegation battle. And uh, Arsenal was already relegated going to last match day because of the averages table and a lot of things. But let's just call it Arsenal has been out. So it was technically between Union, Colón, and Gimnasia. Mind you, Union and Colón are both from Santa Fe. So one of them was going to get relegated. And uh, Colón lost. Gimnasia lost, so Union, knowing that they were losing, had to pull up a win, and that free kick golazo put them right above Colón and Gimnasia, saves themselves from relegation, and that's why you got those scenes. Wow. Uh, people those just, scenes were awesome. I mean, people were crying. It was like, you know, relegation, I think, is one of the, the worst things. The guy was like hanging things. off the ledge. It's, <laughs> relegation is one of the worst things that can happen to your team. Mind you, though, you saw the table, Colón and Gimnasia are tied on points. There's no goal differential. There's no whoever has more wins. It's going to a single game playoff on Friday at 3 p.m. We'll have it on Paramount Plus Whoa. to determine who's the last relegated team, which is absolutely wild. That's, like cut, that. that's cutthroat. I love that. I'm just lucky and thankful I never had, <laughs> had the experience of being relegated because there, there was one time where I was in a club that was fighting Ooh, relegation battle. Which club? It's, where were it's a you? Show. And then they stayed up, and the following year they went down. Wow. Um, after I left Hammerby, they went down before they came back oh, up. Oh, there seems to be a trend. Yeah, yeah. Charlie leaves. Everything the team goes, goes down. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't have their goal score. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No. I think relegation is some of the worst that can happen to you. Yeah. Oh. As a club, like it's the Absolutely. worst thing. You're really breaking also, new ground as here. A, as a player, you, you <laughs> no, because you know why? Your salary gets cut. No, no, yeah. Argentina. <laughs> He's like, yeah, worse for the player too. The 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 topic of conversation in Argentina has become since Madrid, right? Since the 2018 Copa Libertadores, what's worse? Getting relegated, losing the Copa Libertadores final or continental final. To, uh, getting relegated to your arch rival. Getting, getting relegated. To no surprise, I think uh, getting relegated is also <laughs> because that's what happened to the other worse, teams. Yeah, mm. big shock. Um, can we keep it in South America? We can. What's going on in Brazil? Man, Nico, Brazil. I uh, so so Brazil. There are your results for the teams that are fighting for the top spot. Botafogo was up 1-0. They conceded in the 90th minute. Uh, Flamengo, as we mentioned before earlier on the show, won. Atletico Mineiro, who is now suddenly in the hunt, beat Gremio, who is also in the hunt, 1-0. Uh, Palmeiras drew Fortaleza, 1-1, by the way. That, that was a, not a 1-0 loss. It was a 1-1 draw, which puts it all in the balance with three Ooh. match day remaining. Um, that's a match day this midweek, one at the weekend, and then it's all over next midweek. And all of those teams... Wow are still alive. Look at Atletico Mineiro out of nowhere, go, go jumping into uh, fourth place. Bragantino's essentially out, though. They're, they're on a downward slide. Correct. Same with yeah. Gremio. So, they have, so all these teams have how many matches Luis remaining, Suarez. Nico? Everybody has three matches remaining. I found a website that you can 
compute all the scores. Mind you, tiebreaker, by the way, is amount of victories first, then goal differential. And I, I put in all the scores that I thought, I was trying to get it as even as possible. And there's a way for everybody to feel like, one to four to all finish on the oh, same wow. amount of points. And the victories are right up there in ballpark what range. What are the tiebreakers then? Like if they finish victories, on points, victories? Victories, and then goal differential, and then it gets a little bit tricky, but there's, a, there, there's even a, a draw, like a drawing of lots to determine, but it's like That's seventh fun. criteria okay, of tiebreaker. Okay, so if you're looking at these six teams right now, who do you think has the, the best chance at winning the title? If you uh, who are you betting on? Would you bet on Botafogo? I wouldn't. Botafogo hasn't won since October. Yeah. Even since before the John Texer rant against Palmeiras. How important was that game against Palmeiras that are now top of the table? Um, John, I would, John I, Texer isn't I, doing good things. I'm, I would bet on Flamengo. I like Flamengo to, to win it all. They're, they're hot and they mm -hmm. know what it's like to, to win. They're winning. What are their next three matches look like? Are Ooh, they? Great question. Flamengo is famous for that guy who tattooed their kit on his body. You ever see this? No. His entire no. He tattooed yeah, he the entire kit. kit. He yeah. doesn't wear a kit when he plays. Just the tat. <laughs> He's a fan. It's a fan. And yeah. when he takes his kit off, he's still wearing a kit because it's yeah. the whole skin. His whole skin. So on Wednesday, wow. they have Atlético Mineiro. That's a big one. Like if you want to like championship hunt, you got to beat Atlético Mineiro and then Cuyaba and then at Sao Paulo. Oh. Two games in the Maracaná. The last one away at Sao Paulo, which is. <gasps> It's exciting. Yeah. It's great it, stuff. It's going to get, like, just, we got to stay on top of this because it's going to get dicey. We will. As long as Nico Cantor is at this desk, we will stay on top uh, of it. I'm uh, excited. Are we going to stop talking about Brazil? <laughs> no. No. I was waiting for oh, Come on. I, no. <laughs> I didn't do it. No. Oh, God. I thought we should all take a bet on who wins and then loser. Uh -huh. Whoever loses has to buy caipirinhas. Oh, Ooh, I like now. that. Now. Now. <laughs> what a weekend. Jimmy. Chuck. Yes. Bon voyage. Safe travels. Bon voyage. Amigo. Uh, thank you. I'm going to have, have so a conversation with Messi <laughs> about <laughs> Disney. Yeah. Hola, Chuck, Messi. Disney. Hola. Mi favorito. Hey, Charlie, Messi. <laughs> <laughs>